Hi, I'm Sonia. I'm Sapna. And this is Loudmouth Larkies. So today we'll be talking about speech and debate. Um, this was an activity that we kind of discussed earlier because it's had such a huge impo- impact on how we speak, how we present ourselves, how we communicate with each other, and kind of how we see the world. This is kind of your origin story for how we became loudmouth Larkies. Yeah, so speech and debate, for the people who don't really know what it is or are not too familiar with it, it's an activity that kind of happens all around the world, but we did American speech and debate, (laughs) um, high school speech and debate, um, which kind of focused on just allowing people to communicate, share their thoughts and arguments. So debate, as you would imagine, um, is just people giving certain speeches and arguments and refutations. Um, based on other people's arguments about certain issues. So there were different types of debate events. You'd get different resolutions, which are pretty much just topics you're talking about, and people are given both sides of the topic to talk about, and then you, for more or less, you argue about the topic. So Seppin and I mainly focused on speech, and there are a bunch of different events there, which really gave us a lot of creative outlet. Um, We had the opportunity to do interp events, which is more acting-based and more taking literature and interpreting it. There was original, where you really got to write your own content. And then there was spontaneous, which was kind of like improv. You were given a topic, you had a certain amount of time that you were allowed to prepare a speech for, and then you gave it. Um, All of this really emphasized, you know, thinking on your feet, really learning how to communicate effectively and also learning more about the The, literature we had access to. Yeah, and totally just the world around us. So, for example, I did this one event. um, Well, I did a few events, but one of the events um, that was one of my favorites was called Original Advocacy, and this is a Californian event. Um, So pretty much what it was is you could choose any issue that you're seeing in the world around you and then find some sort of legislative, tangible solution that you can kind of create or come up with that will help address the issue. So my sophomore year, I talked about the decriminalization of drugs. My junior year, I talked about mental health services. And then my senior year, I talked about plea bargaining. So it was an interesting way that I could learn more about like mental health care and learn more about the criminal justice system and how we could reform it. And just sitting in every round and listening to what my opponents and the (laughs) other people in the room had to say just left me learning so much. I left every room having a better understanding of the world around me, which was so cool. Absolutely. And so I did a similar event. It was called Original Oratory. And basically, you take a societal issue and you present kind of, you know, the causes, effects, and solutions. So my freshman year, I talked about um, Islamophobia and just culture, uh, just like cultural ignorance in America post Mm -hmm. 9-11. My sophomore year, I talked about how in our society, we tend to live in the past and how that can be really toxic. Mm -hmm. And I related that back to how my mom had been in an abusive relationship for 20 years. And then my junior year, I talked about how we live in a culture of shut up. We live in an environment that 
tells people to, you know, stay quiet about certain things. And Mm -hmm. I talked about my own experience with mental health and how my environment reacted to me speaking up about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think just having this access to, and having this platform to really just talk about whatever you want to talk about in such an educational, respectful, professional atmosphere was very, very important for our growth. Yeah, totally. And especially in a place where people were required to listen to you. We had parents who were judges and it was honestly the first time I think in my life where I had an opportunity to really have adults listen to me totally for 10 minutes and they had absolutely no choice. It was great because (laughs) some of them actually came up to me afterwards and they're like, wow, you know, I never thought about mental health from this perspective because keep in mind, Like we mentioned in our last um, podcast, we grew up in the Bay Area. We grew up in a very... People people hide their emotions, you know? People have a different front that they put on, and then there are different emotions, and there are different ideals behind closed doors. And I think having such an open access to communication and listening and sharing ideas was so big. I, I think Sonia was talking about this, and she kind of hit the nail on the head when she was saying... Um, about people having to listen to you mm-hmm. more or less, you know, being a teenager, um, when you're what, 14 to 18 years old, which was the kind of range that I was when I was competing in speech and debate, it's, it was so cool to just go in a room and know that people have your attention mm-hmm. or you have, you have people's attention, <laughs> Both ways, yeah, right? people yeah. have your attention, you have people's attention. It was just a great way to go in somewhere and share something that you were passionate about it was very empowering it was definitely um a chance for me and something I think you too to Mm -hmm. really come into and really become comfortable with our own voices Mm -hmm. become comfortable with the idea that we had powerful voices that we had something to say and if this was a platform to do it we were going to use it we were going to take every opportunity to use it Totally. And I think it was just such a great outlet of having something and Mm -hmm. somewhere to express yourself. And like, regardless of whether you're talking about something political, something social, something um, like even just acting events, you know, they're all just different ways that you can tell a story. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons we're doing this right now, just using our voices, understanding the power of our voices Mm -hmm. was really, really important to our growth. And and I think, Sonia, you really talked about this earlier, but your your junior year speech, I believe, which was about the whole culture of shut up mm-hmm. and having that culture in speech and debate that encouraged us to do the exact opposite, right? Take our own experiences and experiences that we've seen around us and using those experiences to educate, to inform, and to like inspire in, in others. I think that was really powerful, just having that environment that encouraged us to speak out. Yeah. And also, fun fact, speech and debate is how Sapna and I met each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we had a lot of mutual mutual friends because we went to different high schools, um, but they were in the same area, about yeah. the same city. Um, so we both competed in speech and debate. Sonia was a year older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she still is. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think my sophomore year in high school... I'd finally heard enough of our mutual <laughs> friends telling us that we were too similar and that we had to meet. So during one tournament, we sat down and got the chance to know each other because tournaments always run really late. Um, 
So we had a lot of downtime to sit and get to know each other. So that was really cool. Um, and I think it, it goes to show that our relationship kind of started in an environment that encouraged communication and talking yeah, and, and listening. It's, and it's been such a big part of our friendship as well. You know, mm-hmm. we've, yeah. we've done a lot. Every time we hang out, I think it's always talking about issues that we are passionate about, mm-hmm. issues about, you know, everything that we're talking about in this podcast, yeah. everything, gender roles, mental health, honestly, like stigmatization, like all of these different things, intersectionality, mm-hmm. like these are all things that we've talked about in our day-to-day conversations. And now yeah. this is our chance to really use another platform totally. to, to express ourselves. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you learned from speech and debate? Mm. Too many. I think Everything from running in heels at tournaments. Oh, yeah. I (laughs) ran around in four-inch heels around the entire Santa Clara University campus. (laughs) It is probably one of my proudest achievements. Yes, like uh, Berkeley, there's a Berkeley National Tournament. The last, my senior year, it was hailing during that tournament oh, in Berkeley, no. and I had a suit on and <laughs> had an umbrella, and it's just like the weirdest things that you learn from speech and debate. As- aside from that, uh, I think a big thing was professionalism. Being fourteen years old and wearing a suit—just <laughs> imagine little high schoolers running around a college campus in, in suits. It's the weirdest, most surreal thing, but. I think through speech and debate, I learned so much professionalism, how to carry myself in interviews, in presentations, in conferences, all of that. These are skills that we're going to use for the rest of our lives. Totally. I feel so powerful when I put on a suit. Mm -hmm. And it really does speak to this idea that even as a 14 or 15 year old, you still have something to say. You still have value. You add value to the world. And it's really, really important, especially coming from a community that silences silences people, people mm-hmm. especially in the Desi community. You know, we have a lot of taboos that we're not supposed to speak about. Yeah, and, and I, I think in speech and debate, it was so cool because there weren't taboo issues. Yeah, you know, we people, were all... Okay, also keep in mind that, like, in the Bay Area, everyone who does, does speech and debate is mainly Desi. There's or, a lot or of... Asian. You know, we're just, like, a lot of little brown kids running around in suits. (laughs) Um, And I think it was interesting because these were kids who learned how to communicate about things that were hard to talk about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that was really, really powerful um, because now we kind of, you know, it's still hard. Don't get me wrong. But um, just having that understanding of how to have respectful dialogue you know, in debate, when you're arguing with people, you still have to acknowledge their argument. You still mm-hmm. have to be respectful. You still have to not just start, like, screaming at the other person. Um, and just having respectful intellectual dialogue was very important. You know, you can't just, like, uh, when you're trying to argue with someone's argument or their mm-hmm. like, contentions, their case, you can't just rip the person apart. You know, Absolutely. you have to actually look at their arguments. Yeah, and you can still, you know, like you said, have respectful discourse. Yeah. I think that's definitely something I've learned and and I see like the presidential debates and I see political debates where people don't know how to do this and it's interesting that in high school in this activity we have been able to kind of cultivate the skills of being respectful Mm -hmm. communicative people which is like really really important I think absolutely and another thing that I think really translated from speech and debate into both of our lives post high school 
has been storytelling Mm -hmm. and the importance of storytelling. I know at least for me, storytelling has become a huge part of my life. It was a way for me to kind of cope with all the issues that I had dealt with in my past and in my life. Um, It was a chance for me to really put myself out there and also let other people know that they weren't alone. I think that's the most powerful thing that I've gotten out of storytelling is that validation of being heard, of being reminded that I'm not the only one who's going through this. My experience might be unique in itself, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other people who can empathize with me and who have felt similar feelings. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people kind of poke fun at the idea of storytelling. You know, people are like, oh, you know, what's it going to do if you're if you're just talking about this and that, you know? But I think in the last few years, I've really, really found the value of storytelling. I think so much of activism has kind of been propelled by storytelling. Just people going out there, absolutely. telling their stories, making their voices heard, amplifying the voices of people who aren't heard. I think all of this is so important. And even just in how our political climate has been, how the media has been. Mm -hmm. Storytelling has been such a big aspect of creating tangible change. And it doesn't seem like that. You know, when you're a 14 year old in a room and you're talking about um, your opinions on like media bias and (laughs) your opinions on like feminism in a room, um, you might not feel that your voice is important. But when hundreds and thousands of people are talking about the same thing, it's so important. You know, like the whole hashtag me too movement mm-hmm. was fueled by storytelling and Absolutely. I think every time you get up in front of a room or anytime you get up in front of a crowd and are able to effectively respectfully and professionally kind of mm-hmm. argue your case and and kind of make your voice heard every time that you're able to do that it makes you stronger and it makes a movement an idea a case stronger definitely um I actually had the opportunity back in May to do a storytelling event. So I am a student advisor. I'm on the student advisory board for the Jed Foundation, which mm-hmm. is a nonprofit uh, based in New York, and they focus on mental health education and suicide prevention across the U.S. Uh, among adolescents. And they partnered with the Moth, which is an organization that really, you know, emphasizes the art of storytelling. And we, well, I was invited for a two-day training up in New York, and it was a storytelling training. And because Jed is mental health focused, um, everyone who came, they shared stories about their own experiences with mental health. And it was, there's just something so uniting about the fact that I was sitting in a room with people all across the U.S. who I had never met before, who had completely different experiences from me. But we all came together and we all had those, at the very core, we had those same raw emotions. We had those same, like, difficulties in life in whether it be accepting yourself or coming to terms with your own mental health issues or even coming to terms with the fact that you were, you know, sharing this with the world. Um, And it was such a reminder for me of what, I love to do and Mm -hmm. that is you know being on stage and being able to talk about what I am so passionate about 
telling your story regardless of how hard it is because it's it's hard you Mm -hmm. sometimes you stand up there and you feel that little lump in your throat because you don't want to talk about something or it's just so hard to talk about something that kind of provokes people and evokes so much emotion and it's hard that's definitely an adrenaline rush for me Mm -hmm. you know like those little butterflies and that that nerve you get just stepping onto stage oh my gosh it's definitely something that pushed me and I miss that I I miss that so much it and just for people listening Sonia and I not only competed in speech and debate but we also had the privilege of teaching speech and debate yeah and I think that was big too and just encouraging other people to find their voice and and you know you see you see these kids like we both um coached middle schoolers and high schoolers Mm -hmm. at different times um and just seeing like 12-year-olds going up there and talking about something complex. Um, I had a, a duo who did a piece, an inter piece, on rape in India. And they went to middle school nationals. And they were absolutely amazing. These were 7th or 8th graders. And they just commanded the stage with such a presence. It was really chilling. It was chilling. And it was so wonderful to see kids really using their voice and seeing that, like, the experiences I had were also experiences that they were going to have. Yeah, and just, like, seeing how they grow into their own voice, you know? The first day you see them, they're quiet, and the last day they leave when they're presenting their speeches, and Mm -hmm. it's it's so transformative, so magical, and just seeing people grow right up. We're building little loudmouths. Yeah, we're... We're We're, we're building an (laughs) army of loudmouth lardkies. Yes. And cause. <laughs> we're, we're joining them to our, our cult. <laughs> I think yeah, that was a huge part of, of just the speech and debate community, not only being a competitor, but a coach was so big and so transformative. And so supportive. I have made some of my greatest friends like through me. speech. Like me. Like you. <laughs> no, honestly, though, I've made such amazing friends that I'm still in touch with. And I'm hey. on the other side of the country. Like, yeah. these people are all... Um, in California or wherever they are and it's been really great to know that I wasn't the only one who enjoyed waking up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday just to put on a suit and some heels and to talk about politics and other issues <laughs> we sound like nerds and we, we are, are definitely nerds, nerds. <laughs> and I yeah no that nerds would taste to nerds would taste we dress quite well yeah I know how to dress in business professional <laughs> now which is a lot for a 14 year old but at 19, now it comes in handy. Oh, yeah. I, I remember always wanting my own power suit. Oh. Do you remember when that was a thing? Yeah. When, like, Hillary Clinton started wearing... Her, like, blue pantsuit? Yes. Legend. And that became a thing. There was a girl at Nationals, I remember, when I was there. Uh, she had a white suit. Incredible. I've seen pink suits, too. Oh, my like, gosh. It was... Taste. It's taste. It was taste. It's it was tasteful. tasteful. Yeah. I, like, remember asking my coach, I was like, coach, like... Can when I can I, I can, when can I have a white suit? He's like, when you get to nationals. Yeah. And then I got to nationals, and I never got to get one. Sad. It's fine. I'll buy my own. I'll, yeah. I'll wear my own white Just suit. Just for the future. I'll wear langas instead. Those mm. are the those are the suits I'm gonna wear. That's the, that's the power suit. Langas with blazers. What do you think? Could be the move. I think it's I think it's the new move. It's worth trying it out. Yeah. This is our this is our new passion project. New passion project. New professional outfits. That's, that's what we wear when we record our <laughs> our podcast. Yeah, I think speech and debate was big for both of us, and 
and even just the way that we chose this name of this podcast, you know, Loudmouth Ludgies, we decided to choose something that reflected who we are and who we've grown to be. And speech and debate encouraged us to be loudmouths. Yeah, we can argue pretty darn well. You yeah. know, we can we can put our argument, we can wrap it up in a little bow with some pathos. You know, we're we're able to construct criticism. We're able to construct arguments, and that's I I think really powerful. But more than anything, I just learning how to listen, mm-hmm. learning how to be there for other people when they're talking about something that's vulnerable for them mm-hmm. or that's challenging or complex. Um, just being a good listener, um, being a good storyteller, and understanding the power of our own voice and others' voices. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Loud Mouth Lurkies. You can catch us next week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Anchor. A huge shout out to CHK Designs for our amazing logo and DJ Nubia for this bomb soundtrack. Follow us on Instagram at loudmouthlightedpeace or shoot us an email at loudmouthlightedpeace at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'll see you next week. Gotta get it, gotta get it, gotta get it.